0: Welcome to Grain Talk, a podcast by Grain Farmers of Ontario. I'm Megan Wright. The Grain Talk podcast can be found on Apple iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Please rate, review, and subscribe on your favourite platform. In this episode of Grain Talk, we will speak with Marty Seymour, Director of Industry Relations for Farm Credit Canada, about his involvement with Canada Ag Day coming up on February 11th. We will also get an update from Marcus Hurl, the chair of Grain Farmers of Ontario. First, a Grain Talk news update. The March Classic is coming up on March 24th at RBC Place in London and registration is open. We have a great lineup of speakers, including the first Canadian live taping of the U.S. Farm Report with Tyne Morgan. We will also hear from Rona Ambrose, Jim Hanman and Joanne MacArthur. Visit gfo.ca slash for the full agenda and to register. The 2020 Grain Farmers of Ontario Inaugural Board Meeting was held this past Monday and Tuesday in Guelph. During these meetings, the board voted on this year's Executive Committee. Marcus Hurl was re-elected for his third year as chair, Brendan Burney and Scott Persall were elected as vice-chairs, and Jeff Harrison was elected as executive member. Stats Canada's December 31st stocks report was released on February 5th. As of December 31st, 2019, Statistics Canada reports total stocks of barley and oats were up compared with the same date in 2018, while total stocks of wheat, corn, and soybeans were down. Because of poor weather conditions during harvest, a substantial amount of crops likely remained unharvested at the time of the survey. Farmers were asked to include only crops harvested and currently in storage when reporting stocks of principal field crops. Crops harvested after the collection period for the December survey will be included in later surveys. Read more on the Statistics Canada website. And now, here's my conversation with Marty Seymour. Joining me on the podcast today by phone, I have Marty Seymour from Farm Credit Canada. How are you today, Marty?
1: Oh, I'm fabulous today. I'm uh, in sunny Toronto in the dead of winter, so I think I'm winning.
0: That's awesome. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit about Canada's Agriculture Day coming up next week on February 11th. Uh, but to start out, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? So where are you from and what exactly do you do with FCC?
1: Sure. I, I humbly admit that I think I have the best job in Canadian agriculture and a lot of people are kind of curious, how do I have so much excitement and passion for it? I do industry relations for the country's biggest agriculture lender, and all we do is ag and food. So I travel from Toronto to Vancouver, meeting with the best and brightest, from greenhouses to cows to canola to soybeans, and really looking for the trends and the opportunities in the agri-food space, helping FCC drive some strategy, And probably as a byproduct of that, the kind of the most cool part is I'm a connector in the ag industry. So one particular week, I could be in Abbotsford uh, talking to somebody that's uh, doing food processing and realize, you know what, they're in the same line of work as someone uh, outside of Guelph and make those connections. So it fills my bucket actually to be that conduit of common conversations. And yeah, so I think it's just the coolest job in the industry.
0: That's awesome. That does sound really interesting. Get to meet lots of people. I'm sure you have a very large network by now.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I when, before I came to FCC, I was actually the CEO of Canadian Western Agribition. So it's the biggest livestock show in the country in Regina. And I thought I had a pretty good network then. And then I come and work for this national organization called FCC and realize, oh my goodness, this country is massive in terms of agriculture production and food processing. So I, what I thought was a big Rolodex before, I managed over the last four years to probably triple that, and, uh, you know, I think we spend a lot of time in our industry talking about the business and the economics, but sometimes I think we lose sight of this industry is actually anchored in really good people, and whether that's at the farm gate level, to the to the trucker, to the uh, food retail outlet, I get to touch all those people, and uh, I'm kind of inspired by it. Uh, you know, I grew up in Saskatchewan on a mixed grain farm with cows and canola, and, I, I was in an area that was oil rich, and so I've had lots of different life experiences. And I wouldn't trade anything for the food industry.
0: Yeah, that's something. I'm fairly early in my agriculture career, but I also grew up on a farm, and that is something that you hear over and over again that people love about this industry is the people. And I definitely agree. Yeah,
1: you you really feel it when you do a when you do a site visit, and you know, I like I said, I grew up on dryland farming and cattle industry, and. Um, If I toured a greenhouse, the passion that that comes out from the owner and operator of that greenhouse is no different than the row crop farmer or um, frankly all the way to the people I meet at the McDonald's Corporation to talk about food trends. So I think we're kind of lucky we're in this space and to me the future is about food. So uh, that's frankly all the way back to your first question, why do I love this industry? It's just anchored in good people.
0: So as I mentioned at the start, next week it, there's Canada Ag Day on February 11th. So how are you involved in that event and what is it all about?
1: You know, the evolution of Ag Day was, was kind of interesting. And so four years ago, um, my boss, a guy named Todd Plink, the chief marketing officer at Farm Credit, came to work and said, you know what, what this industry needs is, is to focus our story for one day to try to break the echo chamber that exists within agriculture and get more Canadians celebrating and talking about food, and uh, and it started with uh, hey we got this idea, let's try to scale it. And uh, some of your listeners might be aware of agriculture more than ever, the ag more than ever social media movement, uh, actually sits within my business unit at FCC, and it became the natural platform to speak positive about Canadian agriculture. So. Kick off this day four years ago with uh, let's get some some different organizations having a coffee at their local farm open, uh, input dealer. Uh, try to get some food companies doing some tweeting. Uh, we're going to produce a conference in Ottawa to try to engage elected and non-elected government people to learn about our industry. And four years later, this thing has taken on a life of its own. Um, we've got uh, a We Day type event taking place in Vancouver that's attracting the next generation to careers in ag. Um, I know uh, if you go across the country, there's uh, places like out west, uh, the Federated Co-op, for example, will have a staff day and everyone will cook potluck thing and they'll invite some customers in. Uh, you get to southern Ontario and you see starts the engagement of some of the food companies, uh, the Canadian Centre for Food Integrity and different groups kind of leaning into the social side. Um, there'll be some earned media, people doing morning shows. Uh, in different parts of the country. Uh, Newfoundland's always been super passionate in this space. We don't even think of them as a huge agriculture producer, but I tell you, the people that are there love this space, and they'll get politicians engaged, uh, do some grocery store stuff. And so the whole purpose four years ago when we started the vision of Ag Day was this industry doesn't belong to FCC. It doesn't belong to Ag more than ever. It belongs to the people. And uh now we uh we publish the day, we pick a date and say this is we think the best option and then we wait and people just start stepping into it and uh, it's fun to watch
0: that's awesome it sounds really exciting so you were involved right from the very beginning so it was four years ago that you said it began
1: yeah we uh we have a little bit of office humor around this we said uh let's create a national day to celebrate egg and food and it'll just be a light lift and uh the light lift language we still humorize around the office because this isn't as far from a light lift but as the day is maturing into our fourth year it's uh, it really is on starting to become on autopilot so ag more than ever will create some imagery and this year we uh, we're talking about forks up for canadian ag and encouraging people to take a picture eating some food on their fork or do some social media to uh, you know what it's core if we can break the echo chamber and get the downtown Toronto group, uh, Calgary, Montreal, uh, Vancouver, to start to, to look at the Canadian food system as um, something with a sense of pride. You know, I think then we can move the needle on people understanding where their food comes from and maybe starting to address the curiosities people have. Like, I've, we're in a modern era of food curiosity. And, uh, you know, until social media came along, farmers really didn't have a tool to, to reach out and start to address the curiosity. I I mean, and obviously it comes with some downside As people can, can uh, take a run at our industry and not like certain production practices we do or challenge modern agriculture, but uh, we got to do something as an industry and Canada's egg day was the catalyst. People are going to see something from us on, uh, from FCC on Canada's agriculture day that I think, I think for me is somewhat inspirational and it's anchored into this, I say complexity and confusion around the food system. And, uh, and it struck me a while ago that if you're from Canada and you pick some food off the shelf in any Canadian store or go to a restaurant, and it's it's product of Canada, um, you should not have to apologize for supporting Canadian farmers. You should also have a sense of pride that you're supporting something that's grown, whether it's locally or whether it's across the country. But the idea that we no longer have to apologize for buying Canadian stuff. And so as consumers, uh, we are doing a, a campaign to uh to promote or sorry we as in uh egg more than ever and fcc to just tell canadians that hey when you're not sure what to buy just buy something canadian and you're supporting good people um it might just happen to be in your backyard so my call to action as well to all consumers and to farmers is take that second and just reflect look at a label and say yeah it's made in this country i should feel proud for my purchase and know that it's safe
0: that's awesome i really like how you say the echo chamber in ag because i know just speaking to other people in ag they're like we're trying we're out there like farmers especially even some of our farmer members and our directors they're on social media they're trying to connect with people and then you know our communications team goes out to events in downtown toronto and we still get the wildest questions that people just really have such a disconnect so um that makes a lot of sense to to do a day like this to get everyone connected and so you mentioned that you guys have some new resources i was on your website looking at them so what resources are available for? Um, people to people in agriculture to promote Canada Ag Day
1: yeah probably the most common is uh, so if people go to uh, agday.ca it'll take them to a landing page where there's downloadable files that would be Twitter friendly Facebook friendly that uh, I've standardized some imaging that is, is saying forks up for Canadian Ag that's a bit of a hashtag we have this year um, but there's some other sort of back end Canada's Ag Day logo stuff uh, most people would take those and adapt it to their own message but I tell you, the messages that work the best are when someone authentically shoots a video uh, speaking about what they know the most. That might be their own farm, it might be their own local business that's involved in food. I'm just posting that, and if you ha- if you tag egg more than ever through the hashtag CD and egg Day, our Ag more than ever team will watch for your post and help amplify it. And Ag more than ever would have 100,000 followers across all three of the major social media channels. So. The point of that day is we want to be the number one trending story in Canada by nine or ten in the morning, uh, Eastern Time, so that when people are opening their feed, they're starting to see, hey, what's this thing called CD and Ag Day, and it's it's just a strategy to try to break the echo chamber and uh, try to get non-ag people just engaged in our story. And uh, and there's no, we're not asking people to say anything particular. Uh, we are asking them to to post content and use the hashtag. But beyond that, it's your story. Speak to what you know.
0: And so has that hashtag been trending the last few years that this event has run? Has it been trending in Canada?
1: It, it has, actually. We uh, I think last year we we had quite a battle on trending number one or two for the day, and I think it was related to some U.S. politics. As most people can imagine, sometimes stuff coming to the U.S. pretty trendy on social. But, uh, yeah, from the first year on, it was the story, I think – you know, I think a lot of times many of us in ag feel like we're outnumbered, but when we mobilize through the activity of a hashtag, you'd be surprised how we can get on the radar. And so, in a perfect world, we'll see uh, some newslet- news outlets grab this story. You know, there's some of the some of the groups like the cattlemen are out there uh, calling news people, saying, "Hey, let's do some live shoots in the morning." Um, I know what west in Regina last year, they to a dairy farm. Um, so, trying to pull people into into our world. And, uh, you know, I've never met a a constituent uh, more sharing than a farmer as far as, hey, I'm proud of what I do. Come out and visit any time. As opposed to a physical visit on Ag Day, we're saying, hey, just help them visit your place through social media.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, So then what specifically for you inspired you to be involved with this event when it got mentioned to you and brought up to you? What made you think, yeah, this is a great idea. I want to be part of that.
1: You know, I think what inspired me to really like put our back into ag day and make it a thing was
0: you know
1: public trust in agriculture is not a new topic we've been we've been dealing with this since farmers were farmers but probably in the last 10 or 15 years we saw an emerging challenges you know in maintaining trust i think we have good trust in the food system despite sometimes us feeling like we're being attacked but for me why going all in on a particular day was important was the echo chamber has value the idea that we have social media conversations happening all the time and it's within the ag community i I think we should be proud of that i think sometimes it's a little bit isolating to be on a farm in rural ontario rural quebec or anywhere and so having some people to socialize some ideas is great but if we really were deliberate about trying to deal with trusted food um, i want to socialize outside of my normal community and and so A tactic like Ag Day, I mean, let's be honest, Ag Day or Food Day is all year long. It's three meals a day for most of us. Um, But I think strategically, I was quite energized by the idea that if the entire nation talked, what did that look like? And for me, Ag Day is a little bit emotional, too, because what started out as an idea in an elevator uh, in in downtown Regina is turned into this national thing, and there's people flying to Ottawa to participate in a conference and to hear what Google has to say about the future of food. To understand what McDonald's is going to talk about uh, in terms of how they make menu choices and some of the decisions they've made on sustainable beef. Um, you know, that stuff doesn't happen by accident. Um, and so if you really look at something that we do throughout the year that actually moves a needle, I think Ag Day is one of them.
0: So you mentioned public trust there. And uh, I think one thing that's come up a lot in the past year or so is climate change and specifically agriculture's somewhat negative impacts on climate change. How do you think that impacts consumer perceptions of the agriculture industry and their perceptions of farmers? Um, and do you think that's another reason why Canada Ag Day is so important?
1: Yeah, I think you're on the edge of something, an emerging issue. And I think, I think that is the conversation around climate. And, and so I'm quite ambitious get in front of the climate conversation because i believe that canadian agriculture is part of the solution to climate change and uh and what's really becoming clear to me is public trust kind of crept up on us as as an industry you know i think i think the ag community is really good at just staying home sticking to our knitting doing good work and then all of a sudden we get a little more exposure in the media some food trends happen like oh man we're caught flat-footed because we didn't see this coming and now we're resourcing it i think climate change might uh, or the climate conversation in general might have the same parallel as trust in food. So I'm quite interested in our industry getting aligned on on being more deliberate in sharing our success stories and how we manage uh, soil health, how we're investing in our communities, the things around sustainability that actually make agri- Canadian agriculture unique and best in class in the world. And and so the parallel for me is, as we talk about trust in food, the next conversation will be sort of trust in environment and sustainability. So what we've learned in the food conversation, I think applies to the climate conversation. And I, I believe the call to action for our industry is, you know, the grain farmers of Ontario are working with the dairy farmers of Canada or the cattle farmers or pork or chicken, or you go down any value chain. We need to sing from the same song sheet that as a sector continuously improving we stand first in class around the world in many areas on food production and to be non-apologetic about it but to be proactive on the messaging
0: that makes a lot of sense and it's i think i agree with you it's very important that we come together as an entire industry and not just the individual sectors so hopefully this year we'll see lots of our farmers posting not only on how they take care of Of their crops or their animals from the food standpoint but also how they take care of the environment on their farm because for a lot of farmers that is really important it's it's their future so it needs to be sustainable
1: you know there was some really good work out of the public trust steering committee that identified pillars that we needed to deliver on uh, in trust in food and one of those pillars was communication but one of the other pillars was do the right thing and so this was the idea that one we got to tell our story I think that's self-evident on this particular conversation even The other one's about doing the right thing. So when it comes to environmental sustainability and climate, is we've got to tell our story about how we're doing the right thing, how we have environmental farm plans, uh, how we use certified agronomy support people to make decisions on crop protection tools, our seed choices, our our variable rate fertilizer use. Like we have a story to tell. We just really just haven't. And uh, I don't feel as exposed on climate as we did on food because I think we're more prepared this time I think the journey on public trust in food has set the stage for conversations on environment so I'm optimistic um, but it's not going to happen by itself that means that the ag sector needs to come together and do that and so in Ottawa at the ag day conference on on uh, February 11th um, the industry comes together it's the only event I know in the nation where where the animal proteins, the plant proteins, the horticulture industry, and government officials and supply chain people are in the same room, uh, it's fun to watch the networking that comes out of that because most of this is a whole bunch of groups working on similar files that didn't realize the other group was. So I think we're going to, te- you know, really communicate. It's about everyone collaborating.
0: So you mentioned the Canada Egg Day conference, and uh, that will be a good networking opportunity. That's a good point to make. Uh, So tell me a little bit more about that event, and what's the agenda, what kind of speakers do we have uh, to look forward to for that?
1: You know, the Ottawa conference, to me, also is uh, kind of unique by nature. And um, so the theme of the Ottawa conference on uh, Canada's Egg Day is the future of food. And the lineup of speakers this year, I think, is pretty compelling. You know, we've had big food there in the past, you know, Loblaws, Costco, those groups. This year we're trying to go a little bit more international and so if your listeners know anything about alibaba um alibaba is the amazon of china and uh, major food uh, distributor they own grocery infrastructure most of us think of them as a as like an, an ebay type model but they actually do add bricks and mortar infrastructure but their core business is is consumer trading so they're coming to talk about what they're doing maybe how the Chinese consumers changing. Uh, McDonald's will talk a little bit about what's going on, how they make decisions on their menu board, what they feature, you know, back to how they aligned with the beef industry and the why. They're doing some work on sustainable coffee even at McDonald's. And so we'll hear a bit of that narrative. Michael McCain's going to talk about uh, Maple Leafs initiatives, um, that when they have a foot in plant and animal protein, uh, just as equally interesting is their work on being uh, climate neutral or carbon neutral. Um, making statements on that which they launched their ad during the super bowl about their commitment to being carbon neutral um we've got the uh big bioscience companies Bayer, syngenta corteva uh, doing a panel you know they'll talk about the future work and innovation fresh air uh media andrew campbell is uh, coming to talk about his journey about sharing public trust so quite dynamic and you know google rounds out uh, the agenda with their VP of food, which I didn't even know they had such a person, but talking a little bit about what Google sees, the trends, and how they work within the space of food on a major global company like Google. So, pretty eclectic speaker group, but at its core, they're all thread together with food.
0: Wow, that sounds like a really awesome lineup. I'm very excited. I'm lucky enough to be attending that, so I'm very excited to hear from all those speakers. I think um, you mentioned McDonald's. That will be interesting because as you said, they are involved with the uh, roundtable for sustainable beef, and then they also have the plant-based burgers on their menu. And I know Tim Hortons just ended their plant-based burgers, so it'll be interesting to hear what they're what they're kind of seeing in that trend. Yeah, you know, I
1: I speak a little bit about the trend in food, and I'll call it the the burger wars, for example. And um, you know, it just hit me the other day that I I think. I think consumers want choice, so we need to accept that as an industry and mm-hmm. and there's winners and losers. What I think what I've been really seeing lately is I think we need more critical thought at the consumer level and frankly even at the agriculture level is that a holistic sustainable food system can't be exclusively one product. So a monoculture like soybeans doesn't actually work or exist without animal agriculture. Uh, the byproducts from the horticulture industry are upcycled back through uh, through swine diets, uh, poultry feed. Um, look at the canola crush industry; the meal from canola ends up supporting the uh, California dairy industry. And so, so I think we need a more adult conversation around how does the Canadian food system really be sustainable? And so, to me, it's not an either or. It's not it's not plants or animals. It's um it's. It really comes back to an and conversation. It's plants and animals. Um, So I want more consumers to start to think holistically, to say I'll make a food choice. Maybe it's based on health. Maybe it's based based on a value system I have. And I'm okay with that if you're informed. Uh, But I'm not okay with uh, radical decisions on how we shift the Canadian food system because uh, we didn't get here by accident. The animals are complementary to the entire plant model. And the plant model relies on the animal model to be affordable. So... These issues are more complicated than uh, one or the other.
0: That's a very good point. And again, that kind of ties into uh, we have to look at it as an and situation because maybe some people are choosing a plant-based burger instead of a beef-based burger, but those plants are still produced by farmers as well. And so that goes back to coming together as an industry and not individual sectors.
1: Yeah, we we have to be super careful as an industry. We're not drilling holes in each other's boat. Um, You know, there's... There is room for everyone. I think Canada's play is is high quality protein. If you look across this country with some of our weather advantages, we actually grow really really dense plant protein here. And of course we have a very robust animal industry. So if you went internationally, our play is is protein. Uh, Other countries can grow starch, frankly, cheaper and probably better than we can. But if we can play in the protein space, you actually need both plant and animal proteins to do that successfully.
0: Back to sort of celebrating on Canada Ag Day. So we have this specific day that we're singling out to try and, as you said, break that echo chamber. But how do you think we can encourage Canadians to celebrate Canadian agriculture year round?
1: Boy, that's a I think that is the challenge of our industry and and um, you know, maybe as an industry we need to start to also think of our language so that we're connecting with our audience. You know, we still gotta remember that consumers are our customer and actually think about food. I, I do a ton of speaking on behalf of the FCC, and I'm in front of different rooms and different audiences all the time, and I have a very difficult t- time shifting my narrative from using the word agriculture to saying I'm in the food industry. I usually say I'm in the agriculture industry, and I, I wonder if we really wanted to have this conversation all year long, as we've got to start talking about growing food, raising food, producing food, um, because I don't, I don't expect my audience or my customer to shift their narrative use my industry speak. I actually think if I was playing true to my audience, I would make the adjustment on my end. Um, so, I mean, I've been wrestling with this for seven years now since I've been working on this trusted food, and I clearly don't have it baked, or I would have shared my idea and probably be rich by now.
2: Um,
1: <laughs> I, so so I, I don't know, but I, I, think, uh, I think as an industry, you know, maybe, one, I'm a huge fan on collaboration, and sometimes that's easier said than done, but we got to do that because nothing's easier for a consumer to to pit people against each other when they see different groups not rowing in the same direction. So as soon as we show them that we've divided this house and we're not aligned, it's super easy for them to look for marketing angles and opportunity to make that division even deeper. And I don't know why I would want that in my local community if I was in Fergus, Ontario, why I wouldn't be cheering for the poultry guy as much as I'm cheering for the soybean guy um, or drive up the road to a, a tomato greenhouse and think, you know, why can't they have a role on our plate, too? You know, Canada's food guide was a pretty polarizing thing for our industry, too, and I and I recognize all the work on that. But... What, how I reframed the Food Guide conversation was looking at it and saying, you know what, as a Canadian, my plate actually contains more than one of anything. On a weekly basis, I eat I eat uh, beef, pork, chicken, corn, uh, some sort of vegetables, uh, uh, produce. I, I actually round out my plate. And so why wouldn't I expect the entire nation and as a consumer to be having a diverse diet? And that's an advantage we have in Canada. We have stores of diversity. So, so as an industry, I think I think throwing our marketing dollars together, our messaging dollars together, and Marcus, selling a whole plate is to our advantage. We'll always try to differentiate within respective groups, but um, the, one thing, the one opportunity I see is that if we put our like $1 plus $1, we can make it $3 if we were all singing from the same song sheet. And that's, a, that's an aspirational goal of mine, and frankly, it might be my life's work, but I do think it's worth it.
0: That was a really good answer. I know that was a tough question, but uh, you had a lot, a lot of uh, good thoughts there. And I like your point of saying the food industry rather than the agriculture industry. It definitely like relates to people more because no one can deny that they support the food industry because everyone's got to eat. So that's a really good point.
1: Yeah. You know, another thing I've tripped over in the last six months that was interesting to me is consumers actually love to hear that farmers are innovating technology. You know, I guess I didn't appreciate that because... I've been farming my whole life. It just seems like that's what we do. We find it might be a, a new seed variety, but that's a form of technology. Um, certainly, as we get into autonomous ag and we look at using robotics, and you can get way out on the, on the innovation side. But um, there is a story to be said where we continue to adopt and adapt new technology. You know that FCC has some data that says two-thirds of farmers have adopted some form of technology in the last year. That means two-thirds of us are continually looking at new tech to, you know, I guess, make us more efficient. I mean, at its core, that's our, our business anchor. But equally as important is we're making food safety decisions with that. Um, we're helping make food abundant for people through these decisions. And so so I'm interested as well as bleeding in some narrative around an industry that's continuously improving. You know, the Canadian food industry is continuing to improve. We are uh, number one in safety, food safety around the world. And not to back down on those or suggest that we are best in class.
0: Right, and that's also important, I think, to communicate for also getting people into the agriculture industry. I feel like the, you know, a lot of the technology is eliminating that like hands-on hard labor, but with that technology, we need people who can you know, program it and work from that side of things, and that's gonna bring in people that went to school for computer science and engineering, and uh, that'll definitely help with the agricultural workforce in the future.
1: Yeah, you know, for me, another way to talk about trust in food, I've been uh, working on this uh, kind of in another way, but I like the idea that we talk to high school students about the career opportunities in ag um, because I have a theory that if you explore the industry as far as a place to work, um, even if you don't come, you might start to see the Canadian food system different, and that's a pathway to trust as well. So I don't think talking to students about becoming farmers is necessarily a gate opener, but I do think talking to them about being a computer technician at the local equipment dealership, so you can repair some equipment, is interesting. I think, I think introducing them to the jobs in the science, the uh, the engineering, uh, there's a lot of different roles. You know, in our in at FCC alone, we have accountants, we have lawyers, we have marketers. Um, have a, you know, our social media manager at Ag more than ever is not even from a farm, mm-hmm. and so. There's lots of room for non-production egg people in in the food system, in the careers. And, and, you know, at its core, back to public trust, is speaking positive about our industry, um, looking like we're progressive. That's how you attract the next generation of workers. Because I think, you know, in the egg industry, people are paid fair. Um, I think we've got a gap in cane egg to attract people to small towns. I mean, that's a different conversation than I've had three of these conversations in the last week with Economic Development Corps of how do they become a food corridor in Canada. And uh, the bottleneck in all of it is is labour. And so I don't care where we are in the food system from the production side through to the retail. If we don't start talking about the cool and interesting jobs in a positive way, we're just not going to pull that next generation in.
0: Yep, exactly. All right, so uh, we'll kind of wrap it up with some other stuff about the Canada Ag Day so uh, what are some of your suggestions for farmers and for consumers to celebrate Canada Ag Day you mentioned a few already but maybe just a quick uh, wrap-up of them
1: you know this you know if, if you can do anything post something on social media that is that that allows us to amplify um, and so for me a fun one is, is take a picture of yourself your family with some food on your fork and just say forks up for Canadian Ag and hashtag C D N Day on it and share that in your circles. That's, that's an easy one. Next level up is if you're going to school, to the rink, um, you got something going on in your community, talk to somebody about, use Ag Day as your platform and say, hey, do you know much about the Canadian food system and have a conversation with somebody. Uh, that's a little harder for a lot of people because now it's about engaging in a dialogue with someone, but... That's how this thing works, is we as individuals have conversations with people. Trust is built a conversation at a time. So those are two fundamental things you can do. If you're ambitious and you're in, uh, you know, in a business situation where you can offer free coffee for the day and say, you know, why are we doing this? Because we, we believe in the Canadian food system and we're part of it. And we just wanted to, to celebrate this. It's a positive industry. And so feeding into the machine all in on that day is great. If you have access to local media, whether it's print, radio, or uh, or TV, reach out to them and say, do you know what's Ag Day? You can cover a little bit of content here. And, and once again, that helps us scale the Ag Day message a bit. So, you know, we don't have, we're not, we're not asking people here to take uh, the whole day off and throw a party. We're saying do a little bit because 200,000 farms in Canada, and if each one just did a little bit that day, maybe we can, maybe we can be seen and heard in downtown Toronto.
0: Those are really good suggestions, and if people do want to throw a party, I mean, everyone loves a party with lots of good Canadian food, so that would also be a good idea, too.
1: I'm all in on that. I I did caution some, uh, we were doing some work with some universities back day, and said, hey, if you're going to have a menu, and it's Canada's Agriculture Day, just double-check that everything on your menu is Canadian-sourced. I don't think avocados is necessarily the best path forward to celebrating Canadian Ag Day, um, but don't let me get in the way of you celebrating Canadian food.
0: (laughs) That's a good point. All right. Well, that's awesome. And so will you be at the event in Ottawa on Tuesday, I'm assuming?
1: Yeah, I'm super excited. I I am in on Tuesday. And uh, the day before, we're doing an event uh, with a group called Encounters with Canada with 60 kids from across the country to get them excited about careers in ag. And then we got a conference all day, you know, McDonald's, Google, Alibaba, a whole lineup of speakers that evening. We got a reception where we were engaging government officials and government staff. Um, And yeah, it's a huge lineup. It's my favorite week of the year.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm really excited to attend, especially hearing you talk about it. I can't wait. So I'm sure it'll be lots of fun and look forward to meeting you in person there. Um, Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. And I hope all of our listeners are now super excited about Canada Ag Day and will be celebrating on Tuesday.
1: Yeah, I just, uh, you know, a shout out to all of your listeners for what you guys do to make Canadian agriculture better. I think that's something to be proud of. And so I'm asking each and every one of you to, on Canada's Agriculture Day, do something in your community uh, or on social media. And if you do something on social media, tag us in at cdnagday.ca and we'll amplify for you to share your story.
2: So
0: with me today, I have our chair, Marcus Hurl. Thanks for joining me today, Marcus. Yeah, you're welcome. So we just wrapped up all of our district meetings in January, and I know you were able to attend quite a few of them. Uh, So how did they go, and what was the overall sentiment from them?
2: Yeah, so uh, the district meetings actually went went quite well. Um, Actually, for once, the weather cooperated, that farmer members could come out to most of the district meetings. uh, And uh, what I really took back from the district meetings was there was a common theme from across the province of concerns from the farmer members that uh, GFO needs to continue pushing on re- more engagement, first of all, on the carbon tax, uh, that uh, a lot of farmers have suffered a lot a significant loss on uh, our investment into uh, the carbon tax that was put on the, car- on the uh, grain drying fuels that were used this past fall second of all business risk management is still top of the agenda items that uh, all districts are basically voicing themselves and on that token I maybe want to just remind the districts of they still have time to bring resolutions forward to uh, to kind of give Uh, and voice their concerns through that process that gives gfo uh, board of directors some kind of a direction of uh, what's be what needs to be worked on as an urgent base so uh, please work with your district to uh, bring those forward and uh, we're happy to receive them for the uh, semi-annual meeting which is going to be coming up at the march classic
0: and so after our district meetings, there was a quick turnaround and we jumped into Grains in Action and you were able to attend our opening day. Uh, so why is that program so important to Green Farmers of Ontario and why do you think it's good to reach out to young leaders in agriculture?
2: So the way I see this program is the, uh, the attendees are basically the next generation of leaders that are going to be stepping up in the near future uh through different avenues either if it's through grain forest ontario or there are other organizations that they're going to get involved with they are the uh, the building block for a solid group of young energetic people that want to learn and uh, take in the information that we present to them through the program uh, because it's not only uh sitting in a room this program it's actually visiting some facilities in the ethanol industry, even through the shipping, uh, even uh, well, we have to say the whiskey industry is an important part to that program as well. Uh, this that which is always the highlight of the first evening when the uh, whiskey tasting happens. Uh, so, and again, there I want to thank uh, Spirits Canada of uh, offering that uh, through that program as well. But uh, it is important that the younger generations do actually get educated of where their jobs are gonna be for them because uh, we need that energy to continue flowing through in our uh, industry especially grain and oilseed we're seeing many challenges facing at the moment and uh, we need to find ways to attract the young generations to our industry and keep them here because uh, we need them all to uh, to grow our businesses as we, st- as we speak here today.
0: Yeah, having been on the program myself, I can say they were definitely a very enthusiastic group and the two stops that had whiskey involved were very popular um, but people really enjoyed our stops at ADM and Cargill and it was a really great program to be part of. So just a note to our listeners, this session was recorded prior to our February 5th federal reception, but Marcus, you'll be attending the reception. So what are you hoping to get out of that event?
2: Yeah, so this is an annual event that uh, GFO hosts together with Atlantic Grain, Quebec Grain Farmers, and uh, this year we also have uh, Western Wheat Growers. Uh, As a collaborative effort, we put on this reception in Ottawa uh, to attract conversation with MPs and their staffers to uh, bring up some of the conversations around the needs that we have and uh, not to shy away from engaging with them it's always important to do it in a social environment as well because sometimes when you speak to parliamentarians they in their office they're kind of tied up they have a lot of staff around them that look over their shoulders that they can't go out of context Well, we bring them into a more leisure environment, which uh, they appreciate. And uh, it's a very simple conversation. We are not going to use this as a lobby effort. We're going to just point on the point of concerns that we have. And uh, it also opens doors, uh, relationship building uh, with those people, because at the end of the day, they will be either uh, giving us some of our asks if it's in the business's management file or if it's through regulations or anything like that like we have to be a stakeholder with them to make sure that uh, the process and our achievements are done right so i'm actually anxious to head to that uh, reception and on the same um, the day, well the same day on the fifth and on the sixth we have also some uh, side meetings. So I'm uh, scheduled to meet uh, Minister Bebo and um, to, again, address the, uh, the concerns from our forum members and uh, what JFO uh, need, needs to have some answers for for, for the coming future.
0: Yeah, it's a great way to interact with politicians and hopefully there will be some good conversations, productive conversations.
2: Yeah, that's right.
0: And then next week you'll be, well, a few of our board members and yourself will be in Ottawa again for Canada Ag Day. So do you want to talk a little bit about that celebrations or why that day is important?
2: Yeah, it's, it's that one day that the agriculture actually shines uh, within Canada itself. A dedication of one day towards an industry is important because we're uh, having often enough struggles of how we can reach out to the general public and the uh, the consumer of uh, how and how why we do certain things on our farms and uh, as a board member um, i'm always eager to interact with consumers uh, because they don't understand reality out in the countryside uh, because that disconnect just continues to get bigger and bigger as time goes on because there's generational gaps that are being created and uh, we also have uh, different uh, needs for foods nowadays uh, because of the uh, geographics of uh, where people are from and uh, uh, what they consume. Uh, So we want to be in that dialogue with them and uh, showcase our industry as much as other industries do. So I, I think it's very important that we are actually engaging in that. The whole process as as we do during the year as well but since there is a, a one day that's basically assigned to agriculture I think it's important to take advantage of it
0: yeah definitely I agree uh, so usually you're joining us by phone since you're from eastern Ontario but today we have you in Guelph because of the inaugural board meeting so uh, how did that go with our, our first board meeting
2: yeah so uh, it's been a too long day Uh, i can say i can say that um it's uh it's always nice to have the inaugural board meeting because since we're back from our district meetings from january it uh if we want it or not but there's sometimes turnover in directors that are elected in the districts and uh, this year uh, there's one new director uh, Steve Steinstra uh, and he wasn't able to join us in person but he was there on uh, through conference call and uh, I'm always uh, happy to reconvene the whole group together and uh, work on the issues so what we've done as an annual process, it's always uh, the, uh, the first part of business is electing the executive to, of the board, uh, which uh, is important that that's established well. And then uh, we also assign committees to all board members that, uh, that show interest in committees, either internally at, of the board or uh, external representation. So that was all completed. And also, uh, we just want to make sure that all board members that are uh, from the past and from that just uh, just came on board are up to speed on the issues that uh, GFO is working on. So uh, it always gives us a chance to put a real good briefing because it's one of the only board meetings that actually is for two days.
0: Sounds like a busy couple of days, but a productive couple of days.
2: Yes, it was. And uh, like I said, it's been two long days, but uh, it was very good to have had.
0: So we'll finish it up just talking about one of our very fun events that's coming up. So you mentioned earlier on the March Classic and semi-annual. Uh, so what are you most looking forward to for the March Classic or what should people know about?
2: I'm really looking forward, first of all, to the 10-year uh, celebration. It's something that uh, GFO as our organization is very proud of. Our farmer members are also proud of what they have brought together because the three legacy organizations that uh, took the initiative to bring the organization to where it is today, it took a lot of effort to get it there, and uh, we're now 10 years into it. Uh, We uh, also celebrate Barry Sent's retirement, which is also a stepping stone for him. Also, uh, there's going to be a great lineup of speakers for the uh, for the conference day, and uh, it's gonna be another amazing event that's being put together. We're uh, selling out on all fronts for the uh, conference and the banquet. Uh, if you're still interested, uh, please hurry up because those tickets might be very short very soon.
0: Yep, and you can do that on our website gfo.ca slash March Classic. All right. Well, it was great to have you here in person today, Marcus. Thanks so much for taking time out of your busy couple of days to sit down with me.
2: You're more than welcome.
0: Thank you for listening to our Grain Talk podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. For more ways to connect with us, including the latest webinar, market report, and our e-newsletter, go to gfo.ca slash grain talk. A special thank you to our guests this week, Marty Seymour and Marcus Hurl. If you like what you've heard today, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And remember, five-star reviews help us grow our audience.